Coming to you from the M&M Exterior Studio in Nooksville, Virginia, this is Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. She talks to people so you don't have to. For now. Welcome back to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm excited to have my friend Allison Griffin here today. Hello. Yay. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. I'm super pumped to be here. This is my debut on podcast. Yes. Well, I'm glad that you could join the podcast world. You are a super, I would say a super involved person, and I'm surprised that you're not, you haven't been on podcasts yet. Mm. Well, thank you. Yes. Yes. That's nice. I'm fanning myself. <laughs> Tell me more. Yes. I'm an active follower of you, of things you post and read and learn, and that's why I wanted to chat today. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk. Yes. Talk well, stuff. Why don't you introduce yourself? Okay. Awesome. For listeners. Yeah. So my name's Allison Griffin. I am dear old friends with Samantha and Jeremy here from our church community at Greenwich Presbyterian, and... I am here today as a mama, wife and mama. I know they're like a little conversation, <laughs> which comes first I know. in your introduction. Which I'm going to, everyone's judging you based on how you introduce yourself. Well, today's podcast is from the mama yes. perspective. Yes. So that's you have many first. different hats that you uh, wear. Well, we so, all do, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. We all do. Yeah. But yeah. So, um, wife and mom and full time working mom, swim coach, business owner. Politically active, volunteer. Sorority active. Love, yes. I just am a joiner. I have like a FOMO. I'm like, that's my my jam. Don't want to miss out on anything. (laughs) Probably overcommitted all the time, but try to give like about mm, 85% to everything I do. (laughs) But that makes you a good source for, like I said, that's why I like following you because I cannot, I have FOMO too, but... I definitely don't have the energy to do too much, so I like <laughs> following people who do because I'm like, oh, interesting. Learn something new there. So, well, that's great. That's, I think, with being here today, kind of why I'm here mm-hmm. today to like share some nuggets and insight and talk about my little man, yes. um, Jackson. So that's probably my best and proudest accomplishment. Not probably, it is. It is. Yeah. yeah. So I am a mom to uh, almost four year old son, Jackson, and he was born with a rare form of dwarfism, skeletal dysplasia is the medical terminology for that, the type called diastrophic dysplasia. And it happens in about one in about 500,000 births, they say. Some people say like 300,000. Oh, yeah. Few. It's rare. So that's kind of turned our world upside down. And so things are different than we thought they would be Mm -hmm. when we were having a baby. Yeah. Um, But we cannot imagine life otherwise. So, But it has come with some unique challenges and some cool insights and an amazing community that we – didn't even know we needed. Yeah. And introduced <laughs> so, you to a whole, a whole yeah. like you said, a whole other community, a whole new yeah. world. And yeah. so we're talking now. Of course, this episode will be available for for all of time. But, but we want to make sure to that it's coming out in the beginning of October because mm-hmm. October is Dwarfism Awareness Month. That's so. right. That's right. So I think that the one of the coolest things about where we are with Jackson and his um, diagnosis is that, you know, probably 20 years ago, 
dwarfism was like sort of unheard of. Like Mm -hmm. people may have known someone who was a little person or thought they did, you know, Mm -hmm. oh, my like aunt, she was only four, you know, four foot 11, like, you know, or just didn't really talk about it. But I think in an age of social media and reality TV for good, bad and indifferent about reality TV, that's really changed the awareness of, you know, this particular thing in terms of disabilities and differences. And so that's been awesome for us because I don't know that we feel like it's come with as much baggage Mm-hmm. as parents for us because we've had some exposure to it yeah. and people in general have a lot more, more exposure, exposure to it than ever before. Yes. But October is Dwarfism Awareness Month. There's yes. a place to raise some awareness for people who don't yeah. understand or know what that's all about. Yes. And I was excited to chat about this because as I mentioned with your social media, you post a lot of great video clips of, you know, other little people advocating, sharing their stories and things Mm -hmm. like that, which has been helpful to raise awareness for us, you know, because stuff Mm -hmm. like you said, you didn't know about this community, you got involved in it. And now your circles of influence are being introduced to new people, new things. Yeah. And so today we are kind of talking about what are the tools to navigate people that are different from you, kind of introducing you to new communities. Is that yeah, yeah, I think so. I think, you know, helping people understand that everyone is different in some way mm-hmm. and that when you say like normal, mm-hmm. that's a word, you know, we toss around all the time. Like what's yeah. normal? Like that's everyone's normal is different, right? Yeah, because it's normal to them. Exactly. We talked about common sense some episode um, and how that's kind of a bad term because not right. everyone has the same right. <laughs> right. thing. That's not so, common sense. Like yeah. I would never have thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that mean it means different things to different yes. people. And so, you know, knowing that everybody has something that they're carrying with them, mm-hmm. struggling with, some are more visible than others, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where the discussion of different, like if you can see it, yeah. then it's like noteworthy. It's yeah. the stuff that you can't see, obviously, is noteworthy, but like it's in your face, literally in your face. Mm-hmm. And so Jackson's going to be four in February. And so it's just starting to really come to light for us in that way because mm-hmm. his um, particular sort of symptoms isn't quite the right word, but uh, appearance from yeah. dwarfism is different than say like one of the more most common um, types, which is achondroplasia. So when you you know see those kids look a little bit different in terms of their proportions and have sort of a different recognizable look to them, he, you know, his is really just short arms and legs. Like everything else is pretty well proportioned. So up until this point, you know, in the last year or so, he just looked like a little baby slash toddler. Mm-hmm. And I think probably the average observer would have had to look pretty closely to realize like, oh, those are not like the length of an average size, average height child's <laughs> limbs. Yeah. Or like you said, when he's yeah. talking in full sentences and people mm-hmm. were like, oh, I thought he was. Right, right, you know, right, right. They had put him in the box of some, you know, a right. different age. Right, exactly. The age, yeah. age relationship to development. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so um, now, you know, with his peers, you know, he's a good foot yeah. shorter, if not more, depending yeah. on the toddler or I guess kid. They're not toddlers at four anymore, yeah. really. Yeah. And so we just have started to really have conversation about how to navigate that because we yeah. had sort of put it aside. Like, yeah. you know, we were taking in all the information mm-hmm. to like educate ourselves. And as average height parents, there's like some extra baggage because you have to realize that your kid's life is going to be different (laughs) than you had imagined it would be, which, you know, when we found out, we did like from the second we found out. I remember 
like still in <laughs> in tears, like coming yeah. home from some of those appointments being yeah. like, I have to find out. Like I need the information. Yeah. That's the kind of person I am. Yeah. To give yourself so, some sort of control over a power, like a yeah, you can't change it. So the thing you can do is educate yourself. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, change your mind mindset. Yeah, exactly. And sort of to piggyback on your best uh, bathroom stories, <laughs> <laughs> one of the very first things when we when we realized when we got past that, this was not like life going to be life threatening. Yeah, that was you know the first concern. Yeah. Um, was sort of adjusting like what are all the things that we are like are going to be different like I wanted to plan like that day like what I remember saying to Chris like well we need to we're gonna have to move Mm -hmm. we have to move now to like a one floor house like he's not gonna be able to navigate the stairs and we gotta build everything custom (laughs) accommodations like let's do this and Chris was like whoa (laughs) let's just get through yeah so but to that end, I can remember the whole time I was pregnant thinking the most <laughs> – this is ridiculous, I'm sure. It sounds ridiculous, but like the most challenging thing, like his entire life going to the bathroom is going to be a problem. <laughs> yes. And, <laughs> and not a problem, but like But it's a different challenge. and that's something people don't talk about and – but that's – it's a reality. Yeah. Yeah. And so like now here we are potty training. <laughs> it's like, okay, this is like uh, what? Yeah. So we, you know, we're navigating and figuring that out. Mm-hmm. But that was the thing. I just I laugh every time I think like, oh, what was I most concerned about? Like how he was going to wipe his butt. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You got to yeah. think about that. Well, right. I, and it was as you were talking, it made me think that when I talked about the podcast and like, what do we want to talk about? I love talking to people. And so you and I, we talked about Dwarfism Awareness Month, and of course, we want to talk about not about people. We want to talk to people. But I think that – so that's, of course, true. I think it's also important, though, to hear your story because you are – you did go through something. You are living life differently than you thought, and that's a reality of a lot of people too. So I guess what I'm trying to say it's like both stories are important, you know? Right. And right. I almost feel like you sharing your story is bridging the gap to then talk to people that are different, you know, kind yeah. of that – yeah. You know, perspective well, of changing. Yeah. And I think that's really important to say, like, when you're thinking about people who are different or you're, you know, encounter someone who's in a wheelchair mm-hmm. or looks different, that's an opportunity to, like, meet them where they are. Mm-hmm. And as opposed to, like, turning to the person with you and saying, like, oh, my gosh, like, what is going on over there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, did you see it? Which yeah. I'm guilty of. We're all guilty of, right? Like, yeah. your curiosity as a human, like, yeah. for things that are not the same as the way you are. Yeah. But – being able to engage people that it varies with people whether they're receptive to that, but I think yeah. generally people prefer that than to like looks and stares, like approaching them, saying "Hey, hi, like how are you?" Mm-hmm. Like I said, some people not so much, but yeah. I think that's a good place to start is to remember that they're people mm-hmm. just like you and me. They just you know the outside looks different than mm-hmm. the inside's the same. <laughs> so what? So you said before you know you got the diagnosis with with Jackson. And you touched upon, you know, kind of the initial reaction. How did you start moving towards the new normal? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think, I mean, like I said, the first thing I did is I just like internet. That's where you find everything. Yeah. Chris will even say to me, I'll ask him a question, like random information. And he'll say, Google it. Like, I don't know. What do I look like an encyclopedia? Right. Why do you think they have Google? 
So um, that's, I mean, that's immediately where I went, right? Started looking it up. And there's, of course, the doctors and people say, like, don't do that. Yeah. Like, you get the worst information, you know, like what pops up on Google. Mm -hmm. It's like a whole strip of pictures at the top. Mm -hmm. And we had had some in-depth conversation already with the doctor. So, like, that was not as scary, I think. And that's not what I was looking for. I wasn't looking for, like, what's the worst case scenario. I was like, I just need the info, right? And – I mean, as luck would have it, I found this – I found a blog mm-hmm. that a mom had started for her little guy. And I was like, holy crap. Like, this is – yes, this is it. And That's what started you need. reading you it. Look yeah. for connection. Mm-hmm. It's finding the connection of someone who's walked yes. the path and can help lead you through it. Yeah. And I think unbeknownst to me, like, I was looking for the information, like mm-hmm. – and probably was looking for the pictures. Like, what is it going to look yeah. like? How – you know, how bad are things going to be? But what I really was looking for was the connection. Yeah. And having upon that was like – I mean, that was literally probably within days of the first um, ultrasound where we found that out. Yeah. Um, and it was it was great. So <laughs> I went looking then, um, you know, read through her blog. And I was like, gosh, I need to like – this is not enough. Like I need to yeah. know this mom. This yeah. mom is like speaking to my heart. And I found her on Facebook because she had created a page for her son Brody and um like connected and Aww. liked and um I had posted at that time and we had not really told you know weren't really sure how to yeah. share that information really that widely so we had the ultrasound picture you know his sweet little thumb sucking um picture at the time we didn't know but that thumb position yeah. was like kind of indicative of his how his hands um have grown. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he it's called hitchhiker thumb for diastrophic dysplasia. That's the one of the manifestations in ortho because they don't have regular joints mm-hmm. in the fingers. And so I posted that as my profile. Like here we are, everybody knew we were having the 20 week ultrasound. And um I had just sort of like creeper like on Facebook liked some of her pictures mm-hmm. and their page. And like within 24 hours she had sent me a message that was like <laughs> I'm sorry if this is creepy, but <laughs> I noticed your profile picture and saw you liked our page. And I'm assuming that you have oh. gotten the same diagnosis we did. And so it was like God's hands all over that. So um, <laughs> we're la- I'm just laughing because we're both crying now. I, know. So like, I mean, it's like yeah. that's obviously not something to cry about, but it's just no, it like is. it that's brings great. me back to my like heart. But and feeling then she like, reached out to you because you, yeah, yeah that's what you needed. Yeah, and- for sure. And Marcella has become like – I said I wasn't going to name drop <laughs> But um, yeah. I would encourage you to follow on Facebook. You know, if you're interested in really hearing the heart of the story of someone who's, you know, conquering challenges in a meaningful way, um, it's Brody's Big Adventure. Yeah. And he – so Brody is about a year, almost exactly to the day, older than Jackson. So, I mean, it was like so fresh for them and they – she just – kind of took my hand and like had walked me through all the things oh. I needed before he was even born. And and I mean, I, when I was in the hospital, I was literally on the phone with her <laughs> like, oh. so this is what, you know, yeah. tell me about what did, th- what did you do when they told yeah. you X, Y, and Z and how did you handle that? And so it was just, it's, that's been the biggest blessing are the friendships and the connections we've made. And it's funny because I kept thinking like I was doing that for Jack. So like Jack would have. Mm-hmm friends and would know little people and would be connected to the community. Yeah. And kind of like this podcast, I was like, oh, it's really more important to talk to some little people. Yes. You can't really talk about all that's going on. Yeah. 
Um, but as his mom, I feel like that's part of my job, but it was more for me and more, you know, more for my benefit really. And that's been amazing. And that's led us to actually really become more and more connected with other adult little people because Mm -hmm. that's really where the support kind of has taken us is like, what can we, like, what should we be looking for? Like, how should we be parenting him differently? If, if at all, I mean, it's not, not really huge things, but, but as he grows and obviously we'll start to ask more questions and I think, you know, there'll be things that we need to confront and, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of walk him through. Um, it equips us by having not only the parent network, mm-hmm. but also the network of friends who are little people. And I'm glad you described the pro- like progression of how that worked. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of when you had Marcella. Yeah. So yeah. she reached out to you, which was such a blessing, and gave you the hope that it's – I mean, it sounds cliche, but it's that it gets better. Yes. And it get, yes. you need to know that it gets better and see – you can tell yourself that, but when you actually see someone living that out – Yeah, on the other side of where mm-hmm. you are is like And now you can amazing. turn around and give that. And so – which is why I said, yes, we do – you know, we, me especially, like I want to connect with people and, you know, talk to people about all these things – but you have a very unique experience too to share though too. So. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And I think um, – And I like how you went on that journey to kind of show you don't stay in that one place. It yeah. It grows. Yeah. So. I mean it's – I you know, sort of laughing kind of through the tears. But it's mm-hmm. – it, and it, not to say that it's funny, but it's laughable now to think like how dramatic that was at the time. Like looking back at myself, you know, I can remember like laying in bed and just like yeah. sobbing, 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 sobbing. And not being upset now, realizing it wasn't about what had happened and how things were going to proceed, that Jack was not, you know, perfect or normal or all mm-hmm. those things. But it's more the grieving, the loss of what you – Yeah, you mourn the loss of what you thought you were going to yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. And it's the, like, normity of changing your whole outlook on yeah. things. And now, while we're in it, realizing, like, it didn't change that much. It really didn't change that much for us. And that's not everybody's experience. I mean, some people have spent days and hours and months in the hospital or at yeah. doctor's appointments. We've been very blessed in that up until now, Jack's been really healthy and hasn't had as much orthopedic issue or you know any kind of issue or mm-hmm. complications, but that might not always be the case. And so part of, you know, we feel compelled or I think called to make sure that we're supporting our, our friends in that same journey because we haven't – we and it's not – I don't think it's a question of if, but when we are faced with yeah. something similar, we know we've got the community to fall back on. So sure. we jump try to jump in whenever we can. We've got some local friends, but we travel to see some of our, our – um, you know, Brody's family comes mm-hmm. and has treatment, and so we try to make sure we can be there to support them because that's, that's tough when yeah. you're just handling things on a whole other level aside from just regular life and you're – kid is, you know, putting them in the hands of surgeons and doctors and you just don't know and you, how that's going to no, come out. And people can't understand, you know, we, meaning like me as your friend, I can support you, but I don't, I haven't walked through it. So I yeah. can't support you nearly in the way Marcella can or someone else. And you said something too that I thought was important, which is when you were grieving it and it was so dramatic and hard, you say, you look back now and it's like, well, it's not that different. But I heard something once, it's like, you know, when, pe- when we compare our pain to other people's pain, it's like, well, my, you know, she's hers is worse because of this. But the thing is, if this is the worst I've ever felt, 
it's the worst I've ever felt. And so she was able to meet you where you were at, just like you'll be able to meet other people where they're at. Yeah. Yeah. And walk with them through that because that's part of the process. And then like I said, and then seeing that it gets better, but you can't, you don't, I don't think we wake up, we're like, oh, okay, I know it'll get better. Boom. Like you have to go through all the you know, I don't yeah. know, it's a process. Yeah, so. it is. It is for sure. But There's having someone walk it. through with you, I just think that's the most crucial thing. So. Yeah, it for sure. Yeah. And I think that one of the things too that we're finding now as, like I said, things are great. He's an average crazy little three and a half, almost four-year-old. Full of personality. Full of personality that would have, I think like, oh, would he be the same person he is mm-hmm. if it weren't for the skeletal dysplasia. And I'm like, well, yeah, because one, he doesn't know no. any better. Yeah. And like, that's my, that's his personality. That's Chris and I, you know? Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> it's funny because people say like, oh, we're so proud of what you're doing and the way, and the way you're raising him. And we're like, what, why? Like, that's what, like, he's our kid. That's, mm-hmm. we, you know, we're not really not doing anything special mm-hmm. <laughs> other than just being the best parents yeah. we can be. Yeah. So you can't speak for little people. And you said your LP friends, right? So they're yeah. just to kind of update people. Um, so little people yeah. is, I would say, an appropriate or a, yeah. a desi- uh, I was going to say desired word. but um. So, and I mean, I guess maybe to make yeah. one of the takeaway talking points is that terminology is important mm-hmm. because for any community of people or any type of people like claiming who you are and and identity is important. But everybody really just wants to be called by their name, right? That's kind of that human kindness. Everybody has their own differences. You know, normal is not a thing, (laughs) I guess. And like you said before, like Jackson is normal Jackson. That's who he is. So to put a label in front of his name, well, we wouldn't do that with my kid, Redhead Riley. I mean, I guess we could, (laughs) but you know. Right, Um, right. But she just wants – she wouldn't want to be called – that you know, she would just want to be called Riley. So yeah. Jackson, same exact right. kid, like right. wants to be Jackson. Yeah, and I think that's again people's curiosity, questions about the unknown, mm-hmm. and I think in this day and age, people are sensitive, right, to labels and differences mm-hmm. in terms of vernacular. Mm-hmm. You know, what do, what do we call them? Mm-hmm. Little people, yes, that's an acceptable dwarf is pretty commonly acceptable. Some, I think people would say like, mm, I don't like that yeah. as much. Because it depends Again, on the individual. It does depend on the individual. Yeah. I think, and I only asked you that just yeah. because, like you said, you are introduced to a new community. So mm-hmm. just to kind of, I, I look at it as like looping people in, you know. Like, yeah. Well, and it's just, kind of what I've learned yeah. and like there's ver- some various opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and similarly, you know, people will often ask, this is not in the necessarily, this is a little tangent from the names and mm-hmm. like what words do we use. But people would always ask when they know more information, not always, but a lot of times, well, have you considered like, would would he have surgery? Like, wouldn't you want to do like limb lengthening or isn't there medication to help him grow more? And it's like, mm, yes and no. Like, this is who he is. Mm-hmm. We're not going to make a decision for him to change who he is when he gets to an age if he wants to. That's appropriate. And some people feel like, yes, that's totally a great option. Other people are like, no, this is who I am. This is my community. This is where I'm supposed to be. This is my identity. So that's kind of along the lines of like those names, you know, mm-hmm. the names and the words used to describe. Yeah. One of the things that is definitely a big no-no I think using the word midget, mm-hmm. and I know that gets some controversy too. Still, people feel like, well, it just means small, which 
yes, it's, you know, not necessarily used in an aggressive or um, derogatory Mm -hmm. way, like as a description, but the origin of it Mm -hmm. from the dwarfism community is rooted in a time when as part of like a circus Mm -hmm. or a sideshow that little people were on display. Yeah, for entertainment purposes. Entertainment purposes. And not also in Mm -hmm. control of their own Mm -hmm. agency as far as that goes. Like nowadays, some of the controversy I'll hear. So we have a local business that just Mm -hmm. hosted an event and it was like, oh, okay. Uh, Yeah. But a lot of people will say, well, those are little people who've chosen to do that, Mm -hmm. which is – True, but then that presents that image to a whole audience of people that see little people using or being used as entertainment. Mm-hmm. So, so like, there's a reality of it. Like, yes, that's maybe the way they have chosen to make a living or you know mm-hmm. participate, but it has a larger implication. And that's why I love the conversation. If you just leave it at, well, they chose to, so that's the end of the conversation. Like, no. They chose to, and that's fine. Like, that's their right Mm -hmm. as far as that's what they want to do. But we need to have the conversation about why that's hurtful Mm -hmm. to understand. And and same with the words and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, again, something like never would have given any thought to. And in fact, I can remember at least once, probably twice, when Jack was younger and we'd be talking about something and I literally would – use the M word. And I was yeah. like, Chris would be like, what did you just say? And I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. I literally just said that. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's kind of, you know, it's the awareness. It's, you know, kind of back to the mm-hmm. dwarfism awareness. Like mm-hmm. what are the issues for folks who are in that particular mm-hmm. community? So since Jackson was born, what are some nuggets that you could share that you would want either other parents going through it to know or just I think also everyone to know what are just things that you've now learned that you want to share with others. I think that, you know, we kind of touched on it with the the first thing in talking about the labels, right? And what kind of words do you mm-hmm. use that it's really just important to treat everyone you meet as a person and using their name versus trying to figure out what to call them if they're different. That's, I think a big thing. And I know it's our human nature to want to identify. Like I said, it's that underlying curiosity, fear a little bit, but like uh, not understanding something that's not our own experience. And can, so that's, that's a great segue to, okay, let's say, you know, especially listeners that have the small children that ask vocal questions and whatnot. So what to do when we (laughs) meet people different than us? Do Mm -hmm. we what are, yeah, because yeah. I feel like everyone's, you know, reaction is, shh, don't point, don't stare, don't don't talk about it, scurry away. Right, right, so sure. So what, how? Yeah, so I think every one of those opportunities is to be, I mean, I, I would look at it and hope Jackson would look at it as making a new friend, right? Mm-hmm. He's, that's his thing. He's not, he does that anyway. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of gives me that insight. Like he doesn't look at anybody in terms of like, oh my gosh. Pointing, staring, like scary, like, ooh, that person's different. He asks questions like if he doesn't understand something. And that's, I think, the place you should come from with your kids in fostering some curiosity Mm -hmm. respectfully. And I think that's the best way to do that is to address whoever the person Mm is. If you're in the grocery store, just say, hi, you know, like, how are you? And if there's more questions that are coming from your kid, don't be embarrassed by them. You know, you can encourage them or sort of uh, bridge the gap with whoever that person is and say, is it okay if we ask you some questions? Or 
why don't you ask? You know, why don't you ask him his his or her name? I think that's like I said, the starting point to address that as I was about to use the word normal. Yeah. <laughs> but address that as person to person rather than normal person to different person. Yes. And that's we I don't know if we talked about this earlier or not. So either way we'll touch base again is why not use the word normal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fair. That once again, that's one of those things that before you brought it up, it's just part of a regular, is it vernacular or something, you know, part of your normal speak. Like, yeah. of course, something's either normal and then it's different. Why is that? Of course. But right. once you explained it, so I want you to explain it yeah, again. So I think, and again, sort of back to we had to educate ourselves and mm-hmm. make a concerted effort to kind of learn how to be in this space. And that was one of the things like when we were talking about Jackson and I would say like, well, in a normal child, mm-hmm. and it was like, Burr time out. He is normal. He's different Mm -hmm. than other kids in certain ways. So drawing the distinction that like his difference is that other children are average height. So that's kind of the way that that's described in the LP community. You talk about average height kids, siblings, Mm because a lot of families who have LP children are have siblings who are mm-hmm. average height, parents who are average height, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the description because that's that is what it is. They're mm-hmm. average height. Mm-hmm. Your other child, parent, whoever is of a smaller height. And so I think that that's the kind of the important thing that we walked through in the beginning saying like, okay, this is normal for us now, but we're still not trying to avoid using that because it just kind of generalizes no one, yeah. things that are generalizes and puts things that are out of the ordinary. Yeah. Well, no one wants to be different. You know, it's, would you want to constant, I'm imagining, I don't know. Well, that's the wrong way to say it. But if someone's always saying how you're different, how you're different, how you're different. Yeah. Well, so I'll use an example, not to like call you out, but when like when we first met, but I'm going to call you out. I can remember you always used to make reference to being so tall and that for you, that's what's different, right? Mm -hmm. But that's normal for you, right? Jokingly like, oh, you can see like above Mm -hmm. things. You know, I like, how's the air up there? Yeah. (laughs) For people that don't know me, I'm like 5'10". So I'm not, you know, not that tall. Not I meet other people. (laughs) Well, then I meet other people and I'm like, dang, I talk about how tall I am and there's people taller than me. And now I like, oh, I don't want them to feel like I'm talking about their height, you know, talking about mine. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, for for everybody, we have something that's like that. You know, you said like Riley, like she's redhead, like "Ah, redhead and freckles, like that was my thing as a kid all the time. And as a kid, like that was different. I can remember freckle face, like being picked on. And I didn't, I don't know how, but I just, I didn't ever feel really bad about it. Yeah. I mean, I can remember feeling different and like, oh, nobody else looks this this way. Although there was one kid in my elementary school class who was freckled face like I am, but not like the full body, like ginger hair on fire and freckles everywhere. So, I mean, we all have that thing. And now that, and that's just, you know, that's talking about on the surface, the physical differences, which I think is where it hits home because that's what you see, right? You see. But, you know, even the other kind of things like, oh, she never goes out of the house. Like, you know, people who you're always wondering like what's going on with them because they're not like the rest of us Mm -hmm. or they're, you know, like why doesn't she join in? Mm. Why aren't you like more social or, I mean, I'm just thinking in my head like those kind of like, you know, hidden things that people are carrying with them that everybody's got it. And so I think that's where the word normal, just like toss that out, like just kind of detach yourself from that. idea and, you know, embrace that different is normal. What's another takeaway you've had? So I think it's important to remember that you should treat others the way that you want to be, would want to be treated, right? Mm -hmm. That's the golden rule. And assuming that like, you're not into like hating yourself. (laughs) 
guess when I say that, I'm like, oh, maybe that's not the right way to say it. Well, that's why but, that's yeah. a good tie in though yeah. to last week's episode how yeah. um Christy talked about the platinum rule, which is treat others the way they want to be treated. Mm, so that your intention mm-hmm. is still 100% accurate. It's just a way to flip it to like, right. it kind of goes back to what words we use. You might not care what words, and you might meet someone who they don't care what words are. And that's so you find out, like, mm-hmm. I think I, you, about asking questions. Is it okay if I ask you about this? Find out what people prefer. And that's when you build a relationship. You don't ask all those questions right away. You right. get to know them just for what's your name. Right. Build the relationship. But as you build the relationship, then you can figure out what do you want? How can I be a good friend to you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's key, that build the relationship. You know, I make talked about and made reference to like the casual interaction, like mm-hmm. the grocery store or like out on the street or wherever. Which is a little more like is a quick hit, but if you're talking about how do I help my kids learn that, that's the most prevalent probably situation you find yourself in. And there, like the questions are a little asking the questions is a little more like, uh, but just smiling, right? Like making eye contact and smiling and saying hi. That's all it takes, right? Because the alternative is stare the stares or mm-hmm. the like quick turn away or like the the whispering, like right. And I find myself all the time doing that, even just like as I'm going about my business. I, you know, I was kind of a person who's like, turn, sometimes I'm on, sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like head down, like mm-hmm. you're in my way in the checkout, like <laughs> get away from the milk. I'm trying to get over there, like, what are you doing? But it just get, makes you aware because you just never know yeah. where people are in their day to day lives. And like that eye contact and smile could be what they need, whether yeah. they're struggling or not. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because for everyone, everyone could use an eye contact and a smile, and yeah, and like, and also like you just brought up is kind of being true to who you are. If you're not in a chatty mood, then if you see someone who is not like you, you don't have to suddenly turn it on and be like, I'm going to go ask this person their name and sure, and it's like, no, it's like just be you, yeah, Yeah. be you, do you, and like assume that the other person is has the same basic needs, wants, mm-hmm. et cetera, that you do, right? Maybe to be left alone <laughs> in, exactly. the, in the aisle at the grocery store. Exactly. Read the room, people. <laughs> yeah, read you know, the room. And that's that platinum rule, right? Like yeah. maybe just because you feel like, oh, I need to know what's going on with that person. Let me go yeah. chat them up. Right. Like yeah. a high and an eye contact and a keep on walking is – does wonders, yeah. And so for you, so you are in our community. For us, because of where we know each other, there's you know more opportunity for conversation. As Jackson gets older, could you walk through a scenario that would be appropriate? You know, you have kids, and you know, they say stuff and do stuff, and yeah. So we we do have occasion where we've had some situations. I think because of his personality. <laughs> He gets away with not really causing too much of a stir, right? Because yeah. people are a little bit drawn to him because he's a showman and he's yes. like all up in their business and likes to make everyone laugh. Yeah, but, that's why I feel yeah. – you talked about cute for him. Like, but he is so cute. I like, know. he's so lovable. I don't know. His personality is yeah, just very well, funny. And so we're kind of at the point where he's he's going to be four. Mm-hmm. And so that cute mm-hmm. is – much more of an act now. Mm. It's not right where he like lives. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. Any toddler or yeah. like you know, three, four year old like yeah. is a monster at home and like you yes. know, if turns it on, turns it on. But I think the propensity now is for him to know that he's got a crowd and an audience, mm. and so like not getting a hundred percent like his real <laughs> reaction to thing. Mm-hmm. But that's also how he. I think 
puts himself at ease, mm-hmm. right? So then he can kind of feel out like, is the room friendly? I don't know. Yeah. I think I see that and sometimes I think subconsciously it's kind of like his mechanism for yeah. coping because I I see that he he's starting to kind of understand. And part of that is the toddler transition. He'll say oh. like, I'm a big boy now. And I'll be like, yes, because he means like he's going to be four. Yeah. But sometimes he means like I'm grown enough now to yeah. do it. Which is hard because I don't think Chris and I are 100% prepared to have that, like, to fully have that conversation. So that's kind of the season we're in right now. Yeah. But, um, has he ever, has he noticed if he's, there's been two times where he said, I wish my arms were longer. And it was in relationship to like dressing himself, which is the current thing that we're really like trying to push him to do. And, make the the right accommodations. Like everything else he's figured out. Like he knows he needs a stool. He knows he can't reach things. Mm-hmm. And he'll say things like, oh, well, I can't reach that. And I'm like, but you need to try. Because he's starting to use can't more often. Because I think the example I was started to give was that he gets the baby comment yeah. more so now because of the difference in size yeah. and comparison with peers. Yeah. And sometimes he's like jumps on that real quick. I'm not a baby. And sometimes then I think it it sits with him and he uses it when he wants to. But I also think it sits with him and he's trying to wrestle with that. Like, Mm -hmm. am I a big boy or am I still a baby? And like today I'm going to be a baby. (laughs) Yeah. Tomorrow I'm going to be a big boy or five minutes from now. And and that's (laughs) something too that that's I think normal – like, well, (laughs) like a normal (laughs) Normal development. Like that's that's something they all struggle with. But then you have this added layer. And I appreciate too – I wanted to also comment like on your vulnerability with that. We talked in the beginning about grieving the loss of what you thought your life was going to be like. And I think what I was just reminded of when we were just talking about that is – it's not a one-time feeling. Yeah. It's that each of these stages, you experience that. Yeah. And for parents that are to know oh, that, yeah. and that's okay too, that you can be the strong parent because from what I've seen and read and that you've shared with me and whatnot, it's like, okay, you have to not um, coddle. I mean, we have to all not coddle our children, you know, but like he has to learn to do things for himself and you have to give, I'm trying to think of the words, like it's not like tough love or anything, but – um not do things for him so that he can learn to be independent and things like that. And I feel like when you read it in a blog post or someone's kind of through it, it sounds very, nope, this is just what we do. We don't we don't pick him up. And, you know, he just has to walk up the stairs by himself. But for you to acknowledge the pain that that causes you in your parent heart, <laughs> you know, like that's, yeah. it's just. You know. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's funny because, I mean, haven't really probably talked a lot about this in a in a while because we feel I say we I'm speaking for Chris but I feel like a little guilty that that's the struggle I'm having whereas we have other friends Mm -hmm. mom friends parents and their kids who are really struggling Mm -hmm. and that's why like you said you can't compare but at the same time kind of helps it keeps you a little bit tougher because you Mm -hmm. know like we could be dealing with a lot more yeah so that's yeah so thanks for the opportunity Thank you for sharing oh, yeah. your journey. Thank you for, as I said, being vulnerable. And that's not something that you just decide to be. It's just who you are. And so thank you. <laughs> Thanks for yes. being willing to share your story and your journey. And I know that it gives hope not only to parents that are going through that, but like I said, I've learned so much just from watching you because I want to be a better person 
to people, <laughs> you know, and my kids, you know, it's like your, your shirt says raise good humans. Like, right. you know, how can we? And I think the more we hear other people's stories, journeys, life lessons, we can then pass that on to our kids. Yeah. So. And I, I mean, I too want to say like, by no means am I doing it perfectly, right? Yeah. Just figuring it out like we all do. But I think the importance of finding the resources mm-hmm. or just being open and appreciating other perspectives, mm-hmm. right? Like we did that by necessity. Mm-hmm. But even if, like you know, like you said, like you just, you know, reading and following along and just, mm-hmm. oh, wow, like I never even thought about that. Yep. Like there's so much good out there that you can glean from people who are doing things that you would never think of doing or in the middle of stuff that like doesn't it like is not up your alley that's not your jam mm-hmm. and then you know in turn you'll find ways and places that that pays off later on down the road so i think thank you know thanking me for being vulnerable but i would say like thanks for people yeah, out, for out there <laughs> yeah. for other people being willing to be open and vulnerable to whether it's your like i said fear of the unknown or like not understanding or just what what's going on over there like i just don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> now you know yeah. thank you so much for coming yeah thanks you're for welcome. doing this you bet you bet i appreciate you sharing about your family and yourself for sure well thanks appreciate it and that's a wrap for now Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. Music provided by TwinMusicom.org. Song titled Night at the Dance Hall. Sound editing by me, Jeremy Spittle. A special thanks to our studio sponsor, M&M Exteriors. Visit their website at mmexteriors.com for all of your roofing, siding, and gutter needs in the Northern Virginia area. Visit our website at flushingitout.com and be sure to subscribe. This has been a Spitfire production. That was the greatest thing I've ever heard.